0: hey there amanda smith here and welcome inside this week's edition of how she did it i am so happy you have decided to join me today make sure you hit that subscribe button that way you never miss an episode so today's guest is cbs sports lead nfl and ncaa basketball reporter and she's also a host on the network show we need to talk here is tracy wolfson I'm Anna Smith here with Tracy Wilson. It is such a treat to have you on the show today. I'm so excited. I know I already said that, but thank you so much for making time. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about it. Good. That makes both of us. So many of us, we best know you for your work as a broadcaster, but your very first job with CBS was as a researcher how were you able to maybe take that initial opportunity and use it as a building block for the career you now have today? Yeah, so I had a very unique path, actually, to getting on the air. You know, I I had no mentors growing up. I didn't know how to get on the air. I didn't know who to ask. I went to the University of Michigan. They didn't really have any classes that can help you. And so I kind of knew I loved sports, wanted to be around sports. I knew my goal since I was, you know, seven, eight years old was to be a reporter, a sports reporter, but I didn't know how to get there. And so while I was in college, I basically found whatever internships I could do in sports, and I ran up working for ABC and CBS on the sidelines doing, you know, getting people water and coffee and hanging banners and answering phones in the trucks and got that actually all through an internship at HBO Sports where I was able to meet some people that worked for both of those networks. So that was kind of my first taste into the sports broadcasting world watching everyone else. And so when I was getting ready to graduate, I had no tape to really send out that uh, would allow me to get in front of the camera. So I applied all over to sports positions, uh, behind the scenes basically, and uh, because I had worked at CBS and done some internships kind of through the year while I was at the University of Michigan, Uh, I guess I had a little bit of an in, and I got the opportunity to interview at CBS to be a researcher and got the job. And the researcher is basically the starting point. Now it's actually their own department, but it used to be the starting point if you wanted to go on to produce or direct. And so I got the job right after I graduated in the summer and um, worked there for about a year, did the Olympics in Nagano, and really got a lot of experience. But then it was kind of Everyone was moving to the next step to become a producer and director. They call it a broadcast associate. And I applied for the job just because I had nothing else to apply for. I still didn't have a seat. I mean, that's the thing. I never got experience as a researcher being in front of a camera. So I said to the guy who I was interviewing with, you know, okay, well, I'll be the next step. I'll be the broadcast associate. He said, I know you know sports. I know you love sports, but not like the guys do. That's what he actually said to me. And I remember being like, did he just did he just say that? It was the best kick in the butt I got because I was like, you know what, i got to get out of here, and i got to go do what I want to do and get in front of the camera because that's my goal. And so that was kind of my, like, launch point. And I still had a lot of different jobs behind the scenes on the way. I was an agent for a year. I was a sports producer for a year. And finally, when I was a sports producer, I made a fake tape, and I sent it all across the country, and I got one job in New Jersey, and that's where I got my start in front of the camera. I know that you said you didn't have any mentors, really, to look to, but was there anyone that you watched when you were younger or like, I want to do that? Well, you know, I was a young girl. If the room all the time, my parents were like, what are you doing? Like, I'm rolling these <laughs> clothes. What are you doing in there? And all I'd be doing was watching sports. And I didn't grow up in, a, you know, a sports family. My dad, he liked sports, but he's not a huge sports fan. I didn't grow up with father's. I just was a little tomboy on my life and loved it. And I would find myself watching the NBA Inside Stuff was one of my favorite shows. And on the show at that time, which is, I think it's still on, but at that time it was Ahmad Rashad and Willow Bay. And I remember looking at Willow Bay and saying, you know what? You know, and she actually, I think she graduated from Yale. And I'm like, look at her. You know, she goes sports. You know, she's a woman. She could do this. I could do this. And she's kind of who inspired me to go out and do that, and then from that point on, I would just watch everyone out there, and whether it was Leslie Bitzer or Michelle Tafoya, when I was a researcher, she was CBS. I would watch her, Um, Bonnie Bernstein came afterwards, and so everyone I can catch on TV, male or female, I would watch to learn the craft and just inspire me. I was reading an article, and you had said that interviewing is your passion, What do you love most about that aspect of recording? Yeah, you know, I love to try and find the questions that are going to elicit a response where the fan who's watching is going to be like, oh, okay, I just learned something. I got something out of this. And I think there is an art to it. And you certainly have to feel out the person you're interviewing, the emotions uh, I love seeing, you know, I love the post game celebration and what you get out of those interviews afterwards. See the joy because that's what sports is all about. So to bring that to life and to the fans uh, after a win. And unfortunately, sometimes I have to do it after a loss also, but you see how much it means to these players and to these coaches and these teams. And so um, I think it's just a challenge of finding the right question for the right moment. That really gets me, and I think, you know, it really depends on the personality. You're always kind of changing what you have to say and what you have to ask to elicit the best response. Do you ever feel a sort of responsibility knowing that you do play a part in some of the most monumental moments in in people's careers? (laughs) You know, I don't think about that, I think, until, you know, after the fact, and I think the one that really stood out to me was, the final interview with Peyton Manning in Super Bowl 50, it was his final game ever. And, you know, I basically did the final on-field interview with him. And that, I think, to me, is very monumental and I'm sure, you know, I've actually known Peyton for a while, having covered, having been around the SEC and him having been at Tennessee. and So we formed a very good relationship. So I think we have somewhat of that connection. I think there's a lot of players and coaches, whether it's Les Miles, who I ran through with at the time that he was, you know, leading LSU, or whether it's Nick Saban and basically the beginning at Alabama. And those all stand out because you do feel like you're somewhat part of their history. When you look at your career and the longevity that you've been able to have, what maybe comes to mind for you? Yeah, you know, I have, and now that I think about it, you know, it's been 16 years, it's pretty incredible I've been with CBS for that long, and I think there's a lot to that, I think, you know, first of all, I I absolutely love the network I work for, there is a a sense of loyalty there that is, you know, real, and I, I love the people I work with, and, you know, we talked about me being a researcher back then, well, so many of those people I was a researcher with are still there at CBS that I'm working alongside now, and, so I think that that's really where it starts. Um, I think the idea of just always trying to get better and never being satisfied and, you know, I finished my 16th season and my sixth season in the NFL and I, as soon as it was done, I'm ready for a break, don't get me wrong, but I cannot wait to attack the next NFL season and say, okay, what can I do different? What can I do to be better? What can we do to change things? What can we do to bring the fans in more? And, I just keep challenging ourselves to to do a better job and to take this business and and this role to another level. So I think that's part of it. And I think the final part of it is really uh, very simple, and people ask me for advice all the time. It's the final piece of advice I give, but, you know, just be a good person. Just be great to work with. Just be someone that everyone wants to be around and that you add something every time that, you're around or you're in a meeting or you're doing something uh, for an event or a game. Because if those people want to work alongside you, you will have longevity in this business because they will ultimately go to bat for you time and time again. Well, we've only been on the phone for like 11 minutes, and I already don't want to hang up. (laughs) (laughs) We're not hanging up because coming up on the other side, Tracy and I were playing one of my favorite games we do here on How She Did It. Stick around. Welcome back inside. How she did it. Amanda Smith, still here with Tracy Wilson. She has not left yet, and we are playing one of my absolute favorite games we do here on How She Did It: A Round of Superlatives. Uh, so, Tracy, you will pass out your superlatives to to whoever you choose. It could be someone you know, a player, a coach, a colleague, a friend, a mascot, an animal. I don't really care. It's your choice. <laughs> okay. So first up. We have the life of the party, uh, Tony Romo. No doubt Tony Romo deserves that superlative. And uh, I mean, I don't know what I have to tell you, but he's singing, you know, in the booth before broadcast, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, Lady Gaga or you two. Um, you know, he's so much fun at dinner. Uh, our meetings, he just always has a, you know, a joke or a quick, witty line. Uh, he is certainly always the life of the party. You didn't even pause. It was like questioning oh, the Like there I is mind. no hesitation. <laughs> no. Are you joining in on the singing session? I do. He doesn't realize it. I hear him in my earpiece. And um, <laughs> if it's a song I know and I can belt out. That's some background information. That's the Alright, how about the class clown? Ooh, class clown. Um, that's a that's a tough one. I think I'm gonna have to say uh maybe like Travis Kelty, you know, right. I've been around him a lot this year and He's just funny. He, you know, we saw what he did at the end of that, a- the, end of the AFC Championship interview where he came over to Mont- Patrick Mahomes during my interview, and he just <laughs> got in there and he showed what he did on the stage with Jim Nance singing, um, you know, we got to fight for a right to party. I mean, he's kind of a class clown. I think he took that superlative from Bronx a little bit. You know, he was that class mm-hmm. clown. Okay. And, um, and now he's got a new one in the NFL when it comes to tight ends. I love it. All right, how about the most changed? Oh, the most changed. I'm going to give that to uh, my husband. Okay. I'm going to give it to my husband because I can't really come up with anyone else right now. But, you know, one of the toughest things about our business is, you know, being a mother, being away, balancing all of that. And I think, you know, it's really difficult. People don't realize, you know, think about that myself, but it's really difficult for your partner who's at home stay basically not a stay at home dad. He works, you know, five days a week and then he's gotta come home and be, you know, Mr. Mom on the weekends. And so I think um, he's been the most changed in our in my life because he's had to go from having, you know, just me all the time and, and no family and then all of a sudden having kids and then me being like on the road um every weekend of the year. So I'm gonna give it to him. No change. Uh you know, and a little credit and shout-out because I could not do this job without it. Yes. Uh, shout-out to your husband. Next up. We've got Best Dress. Best Dress. Um, I will go with hmm, – you are asking some tough ones here. I just want to know I'm who has the drip, you know? Yeah, you know, I will say, you know, I just bring all the NFL players into mind right now. Um, I'm not going to say O'Dell Beckham because you never know what he's going to be wearing, whether it's like those cowhide shoes with Tom Brady's logo on at one time. Uh, he would think those were for uh, But I think I'm going to go with Derek Henry. did a great sit-down interview with him on his birthday, came in wearing this hot pink suit from head to toe. He owned it. He looked great. Celebrated his birthday with just a tremendous game as they moved on to the AFC Championship. And so, uh, going with Derrick Henry. That's like, that's what I'm looking for. Is it the hot pink suit? Put me hot in Hot pink from head to toe? <laughs> I'm, thinking, I'm thinking I might need to get one of those because, right. you know, the hot pink in, right? Why Right. Oh, We about to see you in the NCAA tournament pop up in a hot pink suit, and y'all heard it first here. I'm, I'm I'm telling you, I might be, we, we, you know, to that final four national championship game. I haven't picked out my outfit yet. We'll see. I'm looking forward to it. That that'll be your one shiny moment. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Oh, but by the way, speaking of that dress, you know, you bring up the tournament. How do you not go with Jay Wright? You kind of okay. have to go with Jay right? Light, also Right? How zapper he looks, just head to toe, always the best dress. He's got the suits. He's got a guy who custom makes them for him. He always looks, he always looks great, always on top of his game. Just a couple more. Most likely to brighten up your day. My three boys, no doubt. Um, I'm going to go family again because, you know, they are certainly the light of my life, and I talk about it all the time. About that juggle of being a mom and, and being on the road, and I walk in the door after a weekend away and they light up my life and they put a smile on my face, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I could not think of anyone else that does it better than uh, the pretty little munchkins gets of mine. How have you been able to find that sort of work life balance? Yeah, and, and it's not easy. Um, I think. One, I've been doing it for so long, they they somewhat get used to it. But I always say it's all about being a mom and hands-on when I'm home and then doing my job when I'm not around them, whether they're in school or, you know, it could be 10.30 and, you know, lights are out for all three of them. And, you know, I have an older boy, so he's up sometimes so badly. And that's when I start my work, you know. When I'm with them, I am all mom, whether it's coaching a game of theirs, whether it's driving them to practice, whether it's helping them with their homework, whether it's eating dinner. You know, I want to make sure I have I have those two jobs full time and, and I'm all in when I am doing those jobs. And so, I do that when I'm home with them and then I go on the road and that's when I focus on my other job. And it, it makes it a little easier FaceTime now and, you know, knowing I have a few weeks off and I get the summer off, it helps. But, you know, the hardest part is just really not being there for those moments, you know, and like if my when they were little and they took a first step or you missed a play or um or a game where they, you know, had the winning shot or a playoff or whatever it might be, or birthday or Thanksgiving or a holiday, you know, you're not around for most of that. That's really the toughest part. But, um again, it's all about the support. We talked about my husband. We talked about the kids, you know, understanding. And I think it's all about the support. And I think it's really good for them to see a, you know, someone who can juggle both and a working mother and woman who strives to do what, they, what you know, she wants to do and ultimately achieve her goal. Great. Cool. Have you ever been able to to bring them to any games? Have they been able to see mom in action? Well, that certainly helps, by the way. <laughs> so let me just tell you, you know, for them to be able to come alongside, I mean, they know the perks that come along with it. So, uh, yes, I took them to their first Super Bowl last year. I they've been to the final four a bunch and uh actually my son's gonna be one of the ball boys this year at the final four. So oh, nice yeah, it. it it is fun. It'll be great. I love having them around me. Um, you know, you just have to pick really the right the right time and the right place and, and make sure you have enough time to spend with them and, and actually enjoy the moment with them. But yeah, I, I feel like if you don't you kind you don't know how long you're gonna be doing this and you never wanna pass up on those opportunities. So uh, they might as well, you know, enjoy it while they can. Totally. That's so fun. All right. Yeah. We've got one last superlative to hand out. Okay. Cranky. Who is the most dynamic duo? The most dynamic duo. That's a big one. Yeah. I mean, seriously. <laughs> uh, can I do a trio? Oh, yeah. Oh, and I'm I love it. All right. Well, I am gonna go with my college basketball crew because we're right around the corner from March Madness, and you got Jimmies, mm-hmm. so the legendary, right? Called everything. You got Bill Raftery, onions. You got you know Grant Hill, one of the best collegiate players of all time, and no one, you know, no better of a guy. I mean, he's incredible. All three are the nicest people you've ever come across. They're great to work with. They're knowledge of the sport, and they're also so fun to hang out with off of the court. And so uh, that's what makes my job so great is I don't mind going to work because I absolutely love being around those three. So that is my dynamic trio. I love it. The big three. They get your the big most three. dynamic trio. The big three. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> all right, thank you for handing out all of those superlatives. Congratulations. They were all, so all of our winners. winners. I was, I was <laughs> impressed, you know? I was running like, uh oh, like to, I don't know, try to oh, come no. up with some when out a negative one, but that, these were great. <laughs> all right, guys, someone's on the other side. Tracy is answering some of your questions, so stick around. Welcome back inside How She Did It. Still here with Tracy Wolfson. She has not left yet, but she is about to. After she his <laughs> some of your guys' questions. Our first question is going to come from Nicholas Dennis, and he says, how do you keep up with all the different sports you cover? Yeah, so um, I used to cover a lot more. Right now, I've just narrowed it down to the NFL and to NCAA basketball, and kind of how I do it is when I'm covering football, I'm all in on football, and when I'm covering basketball, I'm all in on basketball, and I have a little time in between, and I love covering both. everyone says, which you like better. And I always say, you know, I I love regular season football and I love postseason basketball. There's nothing like March Madness. But it's really hard to prepare for the NCAA tournament because you don't know what teams you're going to be covering. So you really just have to take a step back and watch everything. And, you know, while I'm doing, you know, football games, I'll I'll watch my team at Michigan or I'll watch, you know, games here and there. But you don't have much time. You really have to – dig into what you're covering at that time. And then as soon as NFL is over, I move right into basketball. And I also do a show, We Need to Talk, which is on the CBS Sports Network, and we we cover everything. And so usually when I'm gearing up for a show like that, that's when I start kind of studying and researching and watching, uh, you know, different other stuff that maybe I'm not getting a chance to pay attention to. But at all times, I'm listening to sports radio every second of the day that I'm in my car, which is a lot and I'm, you know, reading and I'm online and I'm doing a lot of research, which is where my roots was. Were so um, I think that's kind of how you you're able to keep up with all the different sports at the same time. And we need to talk. That's an all-female hosted show, yeah? It is. It's on CBS Sports Network. We are now on once a month. We have basically a theme-based show, but it's not just about women's sports. Actually, more often than not, we're covering men's sports, and so. Uh, we just base it kind of on the time of year. I, we have one coming up in March that I'll be hosting, and then we have a special edition uh, at the final four as well. And so yes, it's a bunch of us. We rotate hosts, and everyone from Dara Torres and Summer Sanders, former Olympic swimmer, to Lisa Leslie, Swin Cash, Andrea Kramer, Aditi Kinkabala. Uh we have a really, really good crew and we have a lot of guests on as well, so I urge everyone to check out. Did the network come to you guys and say, you know, we have this idea or was it kind of a group? It's a good yeah. question. Leslie Bitzer had actually kind of came up with the idea a while ago, brought it, I think I think this is how it all came to be, brought it to one of our uh, co presidents, David Gerson, and he brought it to all, a bunch or brought it to me and a, and a few of us who are um really in the mix, Dana Jacobson, also one of the hosts on the show. And so we, you know, they said, what do you think about this idea? And immediately, I mean, it was like a no-brainer. Um, our director, Suzanne Smith, uh, she was very involved in all of it as well. And we all were like, of course we want to do this. And I mean, it was groundbreaking. And it's, it's so interesting because, you know, women have a, just a different perspective. And so we can bring a different, you know, viewpoint to so many of these topics. Um, and it's not just let's rehash what happened the night before. That's not what it is at, at, at all, especially now that it's been, you know, a show once a month as opposed to weekly. So it's really it's great. I mean, we really we get a good group of guests on, and we really get to talk on a wide variety of topics. You think the next one's coming out next month? Yep, yep, uh, a two weeks in March, I think, uh, middle of March. Okay, next question is going to come from Glam Ball 23 Okay most iconic moment you've been a part of? So the most iconic moment I have been a part of was, uh, I had mentioned it briefly, probably Super Bowl 50, Peyton Manning's last game. Um, certainly historic, and we know, you know, the the history of Peyton and the, what he will leave behind and uh, the person he was, the quarterback he was. And so to be, Part of that and to do his final interview um was pretty amazing. I think the next Super Bowl I did which was last year with Tom Brady with the uh the storming of the field and everyone watching me try and get that interview which <laughs> I don't know if you want to call it iconic, but for some reason it's just that it's it's what people ask me about all the time now. And um that was certainly, you know, a moment and Uh, that will go down in in kind of history in a way, you know, that, that visual of just the eye of the storm and me and and Tom Brady in the middle of it. I actually never, never really watched it again. For some reason, I had this vision. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to keep it where it is until maybe I'm ready to watch it. But, um, I think I was going to that Auburn, Alabama pick six. And for college football fans, uh, one of the best endings of all time. Um, certainly if you're not, if you're an Alabama fan, you didn't feel that way. But that was an incredible one to be a part of. Um, so, yeah, I've been a, a bunch. I'd say those three probably stand out to me. What's going through your mind in those moments when there's a crowd rushing the field? Did you know, okay, i got. I got to get in here and get this interview? Yeah, and it happened in both of those. And so people asked me after the Tom Brady interview, and I was like, well, my my time in college actually prepared me for that, because that's what they do. I mean, you just storm the field and try and get, you know, the the player and coach as quickly as you can. And, oh, by the way, in college, all the fans are storming the field, too. I mean, that doesn't happen <laughs> in the NFL. It's just the media. So it's imagine it's almost, you know, double the amount of people, triple the amount of people, and the fans are certainly not worried for your safety. Uh, but your, your thought process is to get me to that interview. You, you really key in on who you're going to interview. I mean, I saw Tom Brady from where I was the whole entire time. And I was waiting next to him. People don't realize they thought I was trying to get in and I was being surrounded and and scrambled. I actually got in and the the circle formed around me. And it was just about holding my ground while that circle was moving from place to place. (laughs) And so, um, you know, I someone asked me, and I'm like, I'm tiny but tenacious, you know, I mean, it's just, I am not going to let that go, and so, you know, that's your number one job as a reporter, is to get that final interview, and you're not going to let that go, so, um, that's kind of your mentality the whole way through, and in that Auburn Alabama game, I had to grab Chris Johnson down from th- the shoulders of a player, and be like, I need to get this in a- <laughs> <I> now. <laughs> you know well, you know, that, that's what you do, you make Tenacious people out there getting the job done. All right, our last ten question comes from Alice Schulman, and she says, "How did you stay present and not feel rushed while working to reach your long-term goals?" Well, that's a great question and a really good way to finish it off. there really has to be a lot of patience in this business and trying to get to where you want to go. And and not only in our business. I think in any business, if you have a dream or a goal, um, it's going to take a while to get there. And certainly in our business, it's it's very competitive. There's a lot of people that want to do this job. Um, But it's really about doing it to the best of your ability. And if you rush yourself and you're going to miss out on those years in those times where you're really getting that learning experience and that hands-on experience. And so I think you just have to keep, you know, the eye on the prize and and keep focused and say, you know, this is my goal and I'm going to do it and I'm going to get there and it might take longer than I expect and I might have bumps in the road and, you know, there will be criticism and and steps back that you'll have to take, but always take that step forward And, and don't let it knock you down. I mean, certainly I've had my bumps, but... You know, if you pick yourself back up and you keep going at it, you know, no one's going to no remember those and you learn from them. And so I think it's all about being patient, learning from mistakes, and just trying to grow with every stop and every, you know, place you go and getting the most experience you possibly can. It has been so fun getting to talk with you today. Thank you for taking the time to, to share some parts of your story, and I can't wait to potentially see you in a hot pink suit, come and see double tournament. Time. <laughs> well, I appreciate the time and you reaching out, and I look forward to meeting you, so hopefully we get the chance to do that. I okay. would pass out. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's make it, it happen. Let's make, make it happen. happen. We'll take a picture of me fainting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, thank you, you so, so much, much for listening today. For Tracy, well, I'm Amanda Smith. We'll catch you next time on How She Did It.